every single day we had we had like journals um Corey Close is who I played for and it would it would write like my value comes from who I am not what I do and that's like a very like you know as a college student you're like this is so tedious like why am I doing this every single day but you know growing up being now 23 I'm like wow that was so important that's such an important thing for athletes to learn is like your your value doesn't go down if you had a bad game like and your value doesn't go up if you had a bad a great game if you dropped 45 it doesn't go up like Mm -hmm. that should stay very constant Hey everyone, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark WNBA edition. I have a really fun conversation for you today. 2021 Rookie of the Year, Michaela Onyenwere. So she is embracing a new role this year. As you may have seen in the offseason, she was traded from the New York Liberty, where she spent her first two seasons, to the Phoenix Mercury. She says it was actually pretty tough at first, but now she is excited and ready to find her role with this new team. We cover a lot. And when we spoke, she was actually wrapping up her overseas season in Spain. So she tells us all about that, how it's been different this year than it was when she was there last year, and why it was so helpful this time after the 2022 that she had. You may remember several injuries. She talks about how excited she is to get back to the States to join her teammates, Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi, some of the greats. A dream that she's still trying to process is real. We also get to know Michaela the human, the woman off the court. She talks about her family, the role her Nigerian culture has played in shaping her work ethic and kindness, and how she likes to unwind. And we couldn't not talk about WNBA growth because, duh. (laughs) So we toss logistics out of the window and we discuss what needs to happen for the game to grow and opportunity to spread. I absolutely loved chatting with Michaela and appreciate her time while she enters this transition period from Spain to Phoenix. This is a fun one. Enjoy it. Well, Michaela, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking some time to be here today because you're very busy and you are overseas right now. So first tell us where you are and what you've what you've been up to. Yeah, of course. First off, thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm currently in Spain. I'm playing for Prefer Maria's Avenida in Salamanca, Spain, to be more specific. Uh, we competed in EuroLeague um, this season and we made it to the semifinals and we're just currently finishing up our Spanish season. And so right now we are in the semifinals. Um, we go, we win this obviously, and then we go to the championship round. That's amazing. And you're about to head into your third season with the W and playing overseas. Talk to me about the differences between playing in Spain and playing in the States. Yeah, it's really different. Honestly, you know, to be completely honest, my first year I was in Spain as well with a different team and I actually did not like it at all. <laughs> honestly, like you couldn't pay me to come back overseas, but I think, you know, I had a good insight and just good supporters around me that who really encouraged me like, you know, just give it another try, give it another shot. I think it'll be really good for your development as a basketball player. And so I'm really glad that I took that advice. Um, and so I've been having just such a much better year, just experience wise, you know, um, getting to know my the culture and my teammates. It's just been overall just a really a better year for me. But as far as the differences, um, you know, just getting used to a new culture, you know, obviously Spanish is the predominant language here. And so, you know, the last time I did Spanish was probably early years of college. And so just trying to piece things together, my teammates do a good job of just helping me 
in that sense. Um, but I think just the basketball on the court as well is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, Spanish League specifically, I think people are, or players are a little bit smaller and more undersized. And so, you know, a lot of that kind of fits into my hands, you know, where I play, I play primarily the forward position. And so you know, I'm able to be do really well in that position, which I really like, which I really like about Spain. Um, everybody's super versatile. You know, there's big guards, there's undersized post players. And so I think the level of basketball is very high paced, very fast paced. Um, and I think that can differ from team to team, obviously mm-hmm. in the WNBA, but I feel like Spanish basketball as a whole, super competitive from one to 14. Um, a lot of teams in our league that, you know, have done really well this year as well. And so I've seen the Spanish basketball just kind of go up and up and up. And I'm sure they've been doing well, you know, even before I got here, but it's been cool to see um, just how I've been able to, you know, be in this system. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, But there's a lot of different differences, obviously. Like there's no three-second call, um, defensive three seconds in, in Spain, which is different than WNBA where my rookie year I had to come in and I was always getting three-second calls. That's not a thing here. Um, the way fouls are called is very different here. The way travels are called is very different here as well. So as an American, you kind of just have to get used to things. But, mm-hmm. you know, as the season goes on, it's really easy to just experience it and get used to it. I love that the experiences were different and you were able to kind of find, find the good and find the positive and, and take something from your experience over there. As you prepare to come back for your third W season, what are you, what are you most looking forward to and what are you going to bring from the, the Spain experience with you? Yeah, I'm most looking forward to this is obviously, um, you know, as, as people do know now, I was traded to the Phoenix Mercury. And I think that's very different for me, obviously, you know, being drafted to New York, um, you, you think you're going to be in the place you're drafted for a very long time. And mm-hmm. so I'm really excited for the opportunity in Phoenix. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, I just watched um, Brittany Griner's press conference today, you know, literally just right before this and just to see how excited she is to be back in the States. I'm, it makes me excited to play with her. And then obviously having somebody like Diana Taurasi, who I've been watching since, you know, I was, I was a kid, really. It's just, it's really surreal. And so what I want to bring to Phoenix is really just my versatility um, in, in any way. Um, I feel like that's something that, you know, I can add to that roster um, right now, which I think has a lot of opportunity to really, really grow. And there's a lot of opportunity for players to really come in and make an impact kind of right away. So that's what I'm really excited about, just my versatility, um, being able to defend, you know, multiple defenders at once. And then just getting really really ready into the culture of what mm-hmm. Phoenix is. I know I've played against Phoenix and I've been in those atmospheres where it is so loud that it's like, <laughs> you can't hear anything. It's deafening. And so to be on the other side of that, to have the fans um, really, you know, ride behind us, that's something that I'm really excited about as well. I mean, you mentioned BG there and you mentioned um, Diana Taurasi. Those are, are two greats. I mean, there's so many others too on the team um, were, you know, growing up, you have the W to, to look up to it. And so when you look and reflect now and know that you are playing on a team with Diana Taurasi and you're playing on a team with Brittany Griner, when you have a second to like sit back and think about this and recognize your accomplishments, what, what's that like for you? Yeah, you know, it's really so crazy. And like you said, I was part of the generation where I was able to see the WBA be be a thing and so my first earliest memory of the WBA is my AU team we were had a we had a tournament in Chicago and my coaches actually let us go to the Chicago Sky game I forget who they were playing against but that was the time where they you know Elena Deladon was there and she became you know my favorite player and so it's just cool to you know it's like when your dreams become a reality and it's like I literally watch these people on TV and now like I'm able to call somebody like Diana Taurasi my teammate that doesn't even sound real it's like she texted me <laughs> like welcoming me to the team. And I was like, 
this is Diana Taurasi. Like, this is, this is crazy. This is, this is weird, you know? And so it's like, can I so save cool. her number? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know I saved it quick. I was like, let me, let me make sure I save this one quickly. But it's just so surreal. Like you said, it's, it's something that like you can only dream of. And I'm just trying to relish in the moment right now and, you know, live in the present. And, you know, obviously being traded was, it was hard, not even going to lie. It was very hard because, you know, I love New York, but mm-hmm. just the new opportunities and, you know, the doors that God has opened for me, I'm just, just looking to walk into that with a very open mindset. And so, you know, you can't, you can't ask for anything more than to play with a legend. And so to be able to do that so early in my career, um, that's, that's just really, really cool for me. And so I'm really excited to head to Phoenix. Absolutely. And I know we talk about you playing with these greats, but I also want to give you your flowers here, you know, rookie of the year, your, your first season (laughs) coming and making an impact. I love how you um, like remember and write about how you stepped in and like first seconds of the game, just like throw up a three and are like, what am I doing? (laughs) Why would I do that? (laughs) You set the tone there, Michaela, you set the tone from the first like minute that you were playing. Um, So when, you know, you talked about growing up and watching the W, when did you know that this was your dream and you started, you know, did it shift it basketball from being kind of a passion and what you love doing to I have now a goal that I want to do accomplish and I'm going to chase that. You know, this is a really good question because there was actually a Twitter campaign that I was a part of and um, it was like the something dream campaign. And I had tweeted something in 2013 and I was about 13 at the time. It was like one day, like I want to be in the WBA. And I feel like at that time, you know, as a basketball player, that's just is the, the goal for, you know, young girls like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to the WBA. I don't think I really, in my head really believed that I was kind of like okay like you know if I continue this basketball thing I could see myself going to the WNBA but I think it really came to fruition for me probably when I was probably when I was like a junior maybe in high school is when I was like okay I can I can really be good at this game and go to college I can get my my education paid for and you know I can really do big things at UCLA and then probably like my sophomore year of college is when I was like okay like this is when I know I want to be a pro it's like you know, I'm, I'm developing my game. Um, you know, it's becoming, it's coming, becoming easier. The game is slowing down for me, you know, plays are being ran, ran through me and things like that, of that, of that nature. And so I was like, okay, I can see myself, you know, getting into the WNBA. And, you know, at that point I see my friends being drafted and I'm getting excited because I'm like, okay, this could be really, this could really be me next. And so mm-hmm. obviously I couldn't have sit here, sat here and said, oh, I, you know, dreamt of, you know, rookie of the year and everything else. But I definitely saw myself being in the WBA probably around my sophomore year. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just, you know, really grateful that I was able to come true and come to fruition. I also want to bring up your family because I know that your family has been a huge support for you. So talk about um, how they, how they have supported you and inspired you to, to be where you are. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my family has been my first support system, you know, my backbone in that sense where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, my parents played um, sports. You know, my dad was in the Olympics for track. My mom um, did various sports in high school. Like, I come from a pretty sport-heavy family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that has definitely influenced just the, the way in which they support me, where it's like, we don't really care, you know, you know, if you do good, bad, or whatever, win, lose, or draw, like, we are going to support you in every single way. And, you know, I'm really competitive, so it's like, no, like, I want to win. So I take take losses very, very hard, but... I just remember even when I was young and I like when I was first starting, I took losses really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And my mom would be like, it's OK. Like, you know what? Like, we still love you. We still are so, going to support you. And, you know, even like eight, nine years later, my mom is still the exact same way. And so 
it's just been really cool to have that kind of support system, you know, from my dad to my mom to my grandma, my uncles, my brothers, you know, it's like feels like they're my biggest fans. And that's something I know that will never waver regardless of, you know, where I'm at, where I'm playing, how well I do, you know, if I have a bad game or whatever it may be. You know, I know I'm always going to be able to rely on those text messages, those feelings of support, them showing up, you know, when New York is, you know, four hour flight from my hometown, like I know they're going to definitely show up. And so that is not something that is, you know, doesn't go unnoticed for me and they know how much it means to me. Um, but yeah, they're definitely just my support system all around. I love that. And you're also um, Nigerian American, which I know you're, you're proud of. So talk to yeah. me about how the Nigerian roots really um, helped kind of shape some of the values and lessons growing up that you have taken with you to succeed on the court, but also just to be a really awesome human. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think my Nigerian culture has definitely shaped me like a hundred percent. I mean, even just growing up, even if when you, even when you don't know it, mm -hmm. I feel like when you get to this point, when you're older, you're like, yeah, like my mom and my dad are the reason why I am the way I am today. And so mm -hmm. part of just like African, but also Nigerian ideologies is we want to be the best in everything. Like we do. And it's, that's just striving to be, to be great, striving to be your best self. And I feel like whether that's in school, whether that's in sports, I always feel like I was held to that standard. Obviously, like I said, they were very supportive, but mm -hmm. I knew from the jump that I was going to have to be great in everything. You know, I, I didn't take my school not seriously. I took that very seriously. I took mm -hmm. basketball just as serious. It was never like, oh, I'm going to take basketball a little bit more seriously than school. Like that was not going to cut it. And I think, you know, that might've when I was younger felt like, Oh, they're so strict or, Oh, it's like this, but it's definitely built me to who I am today. And just in the way that I feel like I treat people as well. Um, I feel like I, I, again, Nigerian ideology is very, very important to be very respectful. And I feel like that is how I try to carry myself every single day, regardless of who it is that I may meet, whether it is this person or this person doesn't really matter. Like I feel like I'm going to approach you in a very respectful way and so there's other things as well but I, I'm just so proud to be Nigerian and you know I I never ever let anybody like what I mean sometimes I'm like hi I'm Michaela blah, blah, blah. yeah I'm Nigerian like I make sure I that's something that one of the things that I say because it is a big part of who I am and the Nigerian community has completely embraced me um you know from from you could see that from draft night you know when I was getting messages from young Nigerian kids in Nigeria you know who are like you know like you're an inspiration and you don't really think those things until mm -hmm. like you see these messages and you're like wow like I'm influencing people you know not even you know on a different continent you know and so mm -hmm. they've supported me um from day one and so I'm really again grateful and appreciative of the support I've received from the Nigerian community. I love that. And and I think something you mentioned there is getting those text messages from, from young kids and um, support from, from people is that you bring your whole self. Um, you know, you are Michaela, the basketball player, but you're also Michaela, the human. Um, yes. And so how have you been able to find and be confident in your identity outside of a basketball player? Um, yeah. Cause that is something that I think is a big conversation right now because it can be so hard to separate your life of, as a basketball player and your life as yeah. a human. I think that's like one of just an athlete's biggest struggle is sometimes you want to identify yourself so much with your sport that, you know, good or bad, you're always going to be up and down. And I honestly can attest some of this to my college coach and my, just my college experience. Every single day we had, we had like journals, um, Corey Close is who I played for. And it would, it would write like my value comes from who I am, not what I do. And that's like a very, like, you know, as a college student, you're like, this is so tedious. Like, why am I doing this every single day? But mm -hmm. You know, growing up, being now 23, I'm like, wow, that was so important. That's such an important thing for athletes to learn is like, 
your your value doesn't go down if you had a bad game like and your value doesn't go up if you had a bad a great game if you dropped 45 it doesn't go up like mm-hmm. that should stay very con should stay very constant because your value doesn't come from what you do like you are you are Michaela and you happen to play basketball, but you also are these, all these different characteristics and you shouldn't be defined by just what you can do and how much you can, how many points you can put in a basket, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's something where I feel like at that stage of my life where, you know, I was 18 to 21 mm-hmm. years old, 17 to 21 years old, like that was so, so important to be instilled in, in me and my teammates that I'm so grateful to coach close and um, all of the staff who really, really instilled that in us that like, we don't, we, we want to win, obviously, like we're mm-hmm. here to win games, but like, we're not going to love you any less if you guys don't. And if you struggle and if it's hard or if it's a great game or whatever it may be. And so that's what I can attest that to. And that, you know, obviously in the moment I was like, this is so tedious. Like we're writing this on your journals every single day, mm-hmm. but it was so, so important. It's such an important lesson for all athletes to know. Absolutely. I love that. That's so, and it's like the repetition of writing it too. I'm sure you, like you start to believe it, even if at the beginning you're like, this is silly. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) So what is there, what is something that people don't know about you outside of basketball that they should? What are some things people don't know about me outside of basketball? Mm, I don't know. I love to shop. Uh, Netflix is literally what I do all the time. I've gotten into reading. Um, I've gotten into doing Pilates. Um, oh yeah that's been that's been exciting to it's it's a different type of workout but it's exciting mm-hmm. for sure and you did yoga didn't you do yoga before your first game I did I did so we like I feel like in college we did yoga like a little bit and so like my first game I was so nervous like I was like freaking out like I couldn't sleep I was like oh my goodness this is horrible and then I was like you know let me just do yoga let me just try to get these nerves out and I did it and I felt a lot better. And so that was one thing I got through my rookie year. I really, I feel like I was like, Oh my God. And you know, I, I was, I was nervous to just kind of delve into the season. And so that right. was things I, I think I did very consistently my rookie year. I should probably mm-hmm. get back to it. It keeps your nerves, calm, your nerves calm, but I don't get as nervous with games anymore, you know, because I've had experience, but that was mm-hmm. definitely something that I, I did for sure. Okay. So yoga has now transitioned into a little bit of Pilates. I like that. Yes. What are you binging on Netflix? <laughs> Right now, oh, okay, this is going to sound bad. And it doesn't, like, it. it's going to sound bad because of the name, but it's not that bad. It's called Lucifer. It's it's really a great show. I've heard of it's it. Not I've about heard what it. <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> name, horrible name, but it's not about what, what you would think it is. I think it's a good, that's a good show. I like to watch a lot of, like, crime, thriller, drama. Like, that's my thing. So I'm really big into, like, documentaries or, like, you know, thriller series or whatever it may be, but right now it's Lucifer. Okay. And so is that, is this what Netflix and Pilates, is that what you're doing to like de-stress and separate from basketball or like, how do you after like, so that you don't get too high or you don't get too low, like how do you stay level? What do you do for yourself outside of um, practice and games to keep, to keep steady? Yeah, I think that's definitely one Pilates is one thing I've I've done. It's like me and one of my best friends, we actually like have like probably like three or four times a night, we get on like the little Apple Fitness app and we actually do the Pilates in there. And we're like, oh, you want to do Pilates tonight? Oh yeah, cool. So we'll do like 
30 to 40 minute sessions like every other night or so so that's been really cool but mm-hmm. I think also being overseas it gives you an experience to you know go out and see things you've never seen before and mm-hmm. I was not in Salamanca last year like I said and so I've never been here before so I like to go on walks and make sure that you know I'm getting my steps in or whatever else and get get some sun and just get outside and not you know it can be easy sometimes to be overseas and be like we're practicing all the time like it's game practice game practice things are going really, really fast that it's like I just want to stay in my apartment all day mm-hmm. and I tried to and I did that my my rookie year honestly I did and I tried this year not to do that as much because mm-hmm. I feel like you know I wanted to enjoy it a little bit more and that's been one thing it's just to get out get some sunlight you know and whatever else walk around see things you've never seen before so that's another thing I do as well that's awesome you get to see a lot of really cool things, I'm sure. You do, you do. And Salamanca, I think, is pretty. Like, I honestly, I would have never went, like, I would have never been here, you know, if it wasn't for basketball. So it's it's cool, you know, to see things you've never seen that you would never probably would have seen, you know, other, other mm-hmm. than basketball. And I want to also mention that, I mean, I know that you had surgery after your rookie year for your thumb, yeah. and you're now also just rehabbed another surgery. So talk about that rehab physically and mentally and how you've been able to kind of, I don't want to use the word bounce back because I don't like that, but like, right. Like how have you been able to get back to where you want to be? Yeah, honestly, this is 2022 has really been one of the most challenging years just for me as, as an athlete in my career, obviously just, there's been, it was a lot of things that went on. Um, and one of those things was injuries. Um, you know, I, I had, <laughs> I had literally like four surgeries on my thumb in 2022. I had a knee surgery, like to fix a little, just a little bit of cleanup as well. And so that can be hard, um, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm rehabbing for like three, four months. And sometimes it can be hard to see the other side and see like the light at the end of the tunnel. But I think that's where um, just like that quote I said can, comes into play. Like my value comes from who I am, not what I do. Mm-hmm. And that can even be when you're not playing. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm not playing basketball. You know, I can't play basketball. I'm in a cast. I'm getting, I have surgeries and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes you can just be like, you know what, this is what happened. Everything happens for a reason. Like take some time to do other things maybe, or whatever it may be. You might not understand the reason right now, but like take some time to really relish in, in this moment and so that's mm-hmm. when that really really came into play because it was sad you know obviously like I don't yeah. want to be just sitting around I don't want to mm-hmm. be limited from the court I don't want to have surgery all these surgeries you know and back to back and so it was tough honestly like the off season was really tough for me um but I think that just kept me afloat and I just like thank god that like this season um this overseas season has completely like like it was, it was a tough season, but to transition into like a very rewarding overseas season has been mm-hmm. really good for me just because I don't, it was just so hard. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know how, what other adjective to describe. It was just very, very hard. And so to walk into a team where, you know, we had our ups and downs, but we have, you know, figured things out right now. And I really enjoy my teammates. I enjoy the city. And it's, I wouldn't say I lost my love for basketball because I don't think anything can make me do that. But injuries can kind of like, steer you a little off course, you know, a little bit. And so I'm just really happy that this overseas season was able to get me back on course and, you know, get me running and and feeling like how I did, you know, you know, prior to my injury. And so it's tough, you know, injuries are always tough. They suck, but it's just Mm -hmm. part of the game. So as long as you can keep a level-headed foundation, um, I think that's really, really important during those times. So taking all of that, switching teams, having a great overseas experience for the first time going into the season for you, Michaela, what does success look like in the 2023 season? Success looks like embracing my role, whatever that is in Phoenix 
it looks like having a healthy season because um, my second year I was not healthy for um, probably like more than half of the season. Yeah. Um, and that's hard because you have to like just push. So I'm going to like push through it. Like I think essentially athletes are just, you know, you got to push through it. Like it is with, like, that's just kind of how we're wired. Yeah. And so I want to have, you know, a very healthy season. Um, I'm excited for my role in Phoenix. because I know there has been a lot of, you know, change, but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opportunity as well. And so, you know, that might not look like the stats that might not look like whatever it may be, the numerical kind of numbers, but I just want to make an impact as much as I can, um, you know, be excellent in my role, whatever that is, and just be very healthy, hopefully injury free season. That's, that's all you can ask for. I love that. And we're seeing the league grow. And I know that, you know, in your third year, you've, you kind of came in and, and saw some growth immediately in the league. Um, and we're seeing it heading the right direction to give you guys more opportunities to give you guys. I mean, there's talk of the expansion, which in my opinion needs to happen. <laughs> um, so, so where do you hope, like what needs to happen from your perspective for the league to continue to grow and for you guys to get the treatment and the, the, um, access to, to what you deserve and need. Absolutely. I think you said it. I think number one on the agenda for me, I mean, I know there's a lot of logistical things that comes with it, but if I was just speaking, from we're putting those aside, logistics aside, other people can handle that. (laughs) No logistics. We need more teams. There's so many, so much talent every year that like just continues to, to be waived and like you're seeing it even now like I just saw you know more recently there's just a lot of young players that are being waived and it's like they're not even really given a chance that's just because of the way the league is set up where there's not a lot of opportunity for people to come in and you know get a spot and so I think 100% that needs to be number one like on everybody's radar in the next few years like there needs to be like two three more teams and think about it that's 36 more spots where you know people can come in and compete for those spots and people people want to watch women's basketball so I don't think that the market part is hard you know I don't think that's the issue it's just getting the new teams and then I would say just the second thing is the marketability but you saw that I mean there's there's all of these numbers and statistics and you're seeing when people put you know women's basketball in front of people they will watch and you saw it with you know our WBA season where it's like xyz number uh, percentage up from you know previous years you saw it with the NCAA tournament when they had nine million people watching the, the championship game like those those mat- those numbers matter and they are important and they are real. Like if you put the product in front of people, in front of people, people will watch. And obviously, there's been this stigma about women's sports, women's basketball, whatever it may be, that nobody wants to watch. This is this is like a proven fact that that's not true. You know, people want to watch good sports, whether that's men or women. People want to watch it. And so, as long as you make it accessible to people and easy, where I can go on ESPN and just put on a game. That makes me so much more inclined to watch games. I don't want to like have to like go to this link to then go to this link to then sign in to then do this to then do this to watch a game. Like that turns people away where it's like I can go and turn on any NBA game for this playoff specifically and I can see whoever I want to. And I'm in Spain. So it's like it should, it, it's, and it's that easy, you know? And so that should be exactly how it is for women's basketball. And I feel like as long as we get those eyes, like viewership will go up, Mark marketability will go up and people will really be interested because it is an exciting game but it is growing people you know there's new players developing every single day who people want to cling on to and attach and watch and so mm-hmm. those two for me are the like the most important um I think for the WBA to get to where it needs to be absolutely I couldn't have said it better you're 100 percent right I always say I'm someone who loves watching women's sports I love watching women's soccer I love watching women's basketball 
And if someone like me has a hard time finding it, then that's it's the like, problem. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm the, the one who's fan. looking for it. Yes. Yeah, 100%. the casual fan is not going to go on this TV and be like, oh, the WNBA games on on ESPN. Like that, it's like, they're going to have to walk, click a link to go to this, go to yeah. like, it's just, it makes it complicated for somebody who, you know, you know, if people who want to watch the game, they're going to go yeah. and find it. But like, what if you just want to put something on the TV at 8 p.m. at night? You know, stuff like that. It's, it makes it harder for people to do so. Do you think um, as someone who's, you know, closer than others um, to your college experience that the NIL is helping that or hurting that? Oh, it's helping. Absolutely. First off, I'm so jealous because <laughs> I was like a year too late too early late one of the two I was whatever I graduated in 2021 I think NIL came into play like maybe the summer the, after I, graduated. I think it was the next year right yeah I literally was like no way like the amount of the amount of money that these people are making is actually crazy but you know I love it because I feel like you see like people are getting I mean people are attaching their names to women's basketball players to college women's basketball players like People are doing so, and it's like you see even somebody like Angel Reese or somebody like Caitlin Clark, who you know they had a lot of that marketability during the tournament, and you know that and it's because of NIL and how much money they're able to to generate. And it's like, dang, if I would have just stayed a year or two, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and some people are, that. and yeah, some and people are, are, which is can't blame them. <laughs> you can't. I mean, I don't think you can. I think you know, take the opportunity to get what you can out of college. You know, I feel like. For a lot of years, that hasn't been the opportunity. You know, you know, mm-hmm. college kids haven't had that upper hand at, at all times, and so take that opportunity. I think, and I think that's exactly what kids are doing right now. And you know, I love to see it. Obviously, I joke and say I wish it was me, but I'm glad that you know the NCAA has you know pushed that step forward, mm-hmm. and, and kids are you know are getting are monetizing from from their ability. And yeah. you know, you see somebody like I said, like Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, who are really really marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's growing the game. Like people are really excited to watch these these specific players among others, but mm-hmm. people are really excited. Like that wouldn't. Those those opportunities really wouldn't happen if you know nine million people wouldn't be watching the national championship game if those things weren't into play. And so I think mm-hmm. it's definitely helping. I think it'll continue to help. I'm interested to see how it continues to, you know, capitalize. I'm interested to see how that how that goes. But yeah, Absolutely. I think it's definitely helped the marketability of women's sports for sure. Yeah, it's like all ships rise, right? If if, yes, if Angel Reese is getting one point three million dollars and so oh, the, the, the base level has yeah. got to come up, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so crazy. what's your hope when you look at young girls who come to, to your games and look at you and say, Michaela, I want to be just like you. I want to play in the WNBA. I want to play basketball. What do you hope for them as they grow in the sport? First and foremost, I know that, you know, with girls are more likely to drop out of sports, you know, by the age of like high school. And so I, if they were to get to that point where like, you know, I want to be, you know, in your position, that would make me happy and smile alone. So I know that the, you know, the dropout rates are, are so high when it comes to women. And so that would be my first is just seeing girls stay in sports. But I think for that to happen, you know, the resources have to be there, you know, the support has to be there. And I think, they all go hand in hand. When there's more support, when there's more resources, girls will stay. Girls will feel like, you know what, I can do this. I have the support behind me. I have the people behind me. I have the resources behind me to be, really succeed in this sport. So I think that for me is the number one goal. But I, it helps. It makes. It encourages me um, to you know to keep fighting for even if it's not just basketball. Keep fighting for just the next step of women's sports. And like we've already talked about like what the next steps are, but if they can see, see me do what I'm doing, what I'm doing, they're already a step ahead of, you know, some of, of what we're, yeah. where we want to be. 
you know? Okay. So that's really encouraging. And, um, you know, a lot of us, we, we, we play this game and it's really, really serious, but when you come, when you have a girl come up to you and like, you know, I want to be with, just like you, it just makes you take a moment to really pause and wonder why you do this game or kind of realize why you, why you play this game. Mm-hmm. And it just makes everything, everything just, kind of nostalgic to why you kind of started the game as well and so that's always cool to have like you know little girls come up to you and be like oh like I want to do this or you're so cool you're my favorite player and even out here like you'll I'll see girls who like don't know I don't know the language they don't know English whatever it may be but they know you're my favorite player you know like so that's that's just such a cool experience to feel I, I love that. Um, well, I have absolutely loved this conversation, Michaela. I have one final question for you. I ask everyone on your tough days, do you have a mantra that helps you get through? Hmm. Yes, I do. I think I have two, honestly. For me, what helps me kind of settle is everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that can calm you because it's like, you know, I don't know why it's happening right now. I don't have all the answers, but I know that this everything happens for a reason and then just bringing it back to my faith like I I was having you know just just you know in the recent year that I've had you know you have doubts you know doubts kind of creep in and whatever it may be but I feel like every time that I um had those doubts creep in I always was just like you know what God has your back and I leaned on my faith and every single time I did that I felt like literally like the worry whatever I was feeling just like slid off of my back. And I feel like that's just something that I come back to all the time is just my faith. And, you know, I might not know what's going on. I might not know why it's happening or, you know, what the reason is, but I know that God always has my back. And that literally will just make me be like, you know what? It's above me. Like, I, yeah. it, like I've done all I can do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, God has my best interest and that's all I can do. And that just like, is so heartwarming and so just encouraging. And it's another, I don't even know what word to describe it, but it's just so such like a surreal feeling to really feel like you know what like somebody has my back and it's all gonna work out for good and so that's like something that like when it's the bad days the doubts creep in or whatever it may be like that's what I fall back on amazing amazing well thank you so much for taking the time especially so late for you over in Spain and uh best of luck this season I'm really excited to see to see you embrace this new role and and we'll be rooting for you thank you so much I really appreciate you having me on Hannah The Phoenix Mercury play Friday, May 19th in LA to open their season. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Remember, you can listen to more player interviews right here on the podcast platform, or you can watch them on NBC Sports Boston YouTube page. All right. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.